Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight down the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au, or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Shannon Legro. She is the host of the fascinating podcast, Into the Fray, where she speaks to witnesses of cryptids, UFOs, and the paranormal. She has co-authored books on both Bigfoot and the paranormal and founded Beyond the Fray Publishing. You can also catch her as a host for the Small Town Monsters production on the trail of UFOs, which you can find on Amazon Prime. Shannon, welcome to the Believe podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you for inviting me. Very good to be on. It is not often I get to to talk to a a large podcaster that I, I've been listening to for, for years. So if you hear me kind of fangirling throughout the, the podcast, you'll have to forgive me a little bit. Well, I don't know who you're talking about. It can't be me. I mean, <laughs> fangirling about my show. I don't know. No, thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate that. And for those who are who are listening, uh, Shannon does have a absolutely fantastic show, Into the Fray. It is a podcast that you've been doing for about six or so years from memory. And it's very much in the in the same vein as what Believe is, where you have really, really interesting people come on the show who have had experiences with the weird, the unknown, and um, you kind of just pull them to to pieces to get all this little bit of extra information about their encounters. Is that the, the, did I explain that right? It's spot on. Yes. No, you did. A, you did a fantastic job. Uh, yeah. I've been running about six years and I, I previously was on a show that was Sasquatch only, but when I, I knew that I wanted to start my own, I knew that multi-topic would be my thing. Cause even though I love Bigfoot, that's not even how I got my start into the paranormal. We all, most of us 
have some kind of an inception story and uh, mine had nothing to do with sasquatch as much as i want it to be uh it is not so yeah i i talked to folks that have had ufo encounters bigfoot uh, a myriad of cryptids even ones that we can't quite identify which are some of my favorite episodes of course uh you know just um whatever high strangeness uh comes across through the emails and things i'm trying to clamor and at this point you probably have the same problem. You know, you're kind of going, I have such a backlog of people that I could talk to, you know, and then somebody will email you and go, I dance with the devil on the pale moonlight or under the pale moonlight. And you're like, I need to talk to you now, you know, and then you get them on like, you know, that next week or something. So it's, it's one of those things where it's a good problem to have. I have a backlog of folks that I have said, yes, I want you on the show. And, you know, they haven't heard from me for quite a long time and it's not intentional, but, um, but yeah, it runs weekly and I'm still having a blast doing it. And, um, yeah, it's definitely opened up a lot of doors as far as people I've gotten to meet and been very lucky to, to work with. I think that's the, the wonderful thing about the paranormal is that you do, you get to meet these people that you normally wouldn't ever, ever think would walk into your lives. And somehow the, the, the high strangeness of the whole situation is this like fine twine that kind of just binds everyone together. It is. And I actually, it's funny you say that because I just had a really strange situation with the episode that's going to air tomorrow night is entitled the, the peace officer officers and the cryptids of Flint river. And the very first one was just entitled the peace officer and the cryptids of Flint River is in Georgia. And it featured a law enforcement officer. Well, in talking to him, we, we keep in touch, as I do with a lot of my guests. And he goes, well, did you know that there's this other guy, ex-law enforcement also, that had Bigfoot stuff going on? His name's Pat Aiken, and he wrote a book called Elkins Creek. And I'm like, no, I never heard of this guy. And so he and I were both trying to track him down. Couldn't do it because we wanted to do, I wanted to do a roundtable. I mean, two ex-law enforcement officers talking about cryptids. It doesn't get any better than that, you know, and, and I get that. It's the credibility aspect, and they're both well-spoken. They had great stories, but I'm, I'm like, well, it's me. I'm pretty good at tracking people down, and I have an ex-law enforcement guy. He's, oh, we're going to find this guy real quick. Couldn't <laughs> get a beat on him for the life of us, and then after two weeks, lo and behold, Kyle Filson of Expanded Perspectives now, I, this is the whole thing. We've been friends for a long time. You know, uh, I've never met them, Cam or Kyle, but we, you know, we we do converse over email and text out of the blue. And he's never done this. He emails me and he goes, we had this guy in a couple months ago. He's awesome. He'd be great on ITF. Never has he ever done this. It is Pat Aiken, the guy that I have been trying to track down with this other. It's just weird. So, you know what I mean about the the synchronicities and the, the weird stuff that can happen about, you know, the whole staring into the abyss thing. It's true. It doesn't happen often to me. And that's never happened because I, I don't usually have to track people down. As I said, I got a backlog of folks to talk to. But this was one that I wanted to make happen. And lo and behold, Kyle, with the psychic power or whatever the hell it was, he's like, <laughs> Here's his email. I'm like, what the hell is going on? This is amazing. So, um, yeah, the the things that that can kind of happen, even when you're not out investigating, which I don't, I really don't do a whole lot of that. 
uh, you know, I, I do go out for the docs and stuff, and that is amazing. It's it's like a drug, and I'm like, yeah, I'm soaking it in when we're doing it. But it's mostly just, you know, what what do you do? Just sitting down and, and listening to the stories and collecting the stories, and uh, that's that's where I'm coming from with the whole thing. Is mostly I'm just a story collector, and I can identify with it because I've had my own experiences. Your own experiences, is that what got you into to doing the podcast? Because it, there's usually a catalyst for, for some people to go out and, and go down these rabbit holes because it, it could be a UFO encounter. It could be a, a Yowie encounter or, or where you're from, maybe Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Um, and they kind of, their world gets turned upside down. They want to look into it more. So you had a, you had a moment like that? I did. I mean, I wouldn't say that that's what got me into actually doing the shows, but... Uh, when I was 12, we, my parents divorced and my dad found this awesome place called Duck Creek, Utah. And he bought a cabin out there. And from, I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. And from Vegas to Duck Creek, it's like, you know, four hours, five hours. It's a quick drive. So what we would do all day long is ride four wheelers or go fishing. You know, I was 12. My brother was 10. um, and, And my stepbrother, uh, was along for most of those excursions as well. And we were riding our four-wheelers. And the way that where our cabin was set up, it was all dirt roads, but it was it was easy, like a grid pattern. So really, you could kind of haul ass down these roads and not have any problem, right? So that's what we're doing. My dad was down in Cedar City, 30 miles down the hill, picking up God knows what food or who knows. That was a long time ago. Um, so with him being gone, it was kind of a warm day. And I was like, Shannon doesn't feel like wearing her helmet. So I didn't. And, uh, <laughs> not right. Don't recommend doing that to anyone. Uh, anyway, I'm hanging back because the roads are dirt and my brother and my stepbrother are riding in front of me, you know, and they're kicking up dust. Well, nobody likes to eat dust, literally eat my dust. I don't want to do that. Those are the stickers that you put on your roller when you're a cool kid. And I'm hanging back. Now, it's middle of the day, no clouds, sunshiny, beautiful day in Utah, like summertime. And I look off, I'm hauling ass down this road. I look off to my right. And, you know, when you're talking about a place like Ohio versus where I'm talking about here, there's almost no ground brush here in Utah. Whereas if you go to some places in Utah or pardon, in Ohio, there's thorny underbrush, you know, it comes four feet high, you know, different, I'm sure in Australia, it's the same, like different areas, it looks completely different. So, and that'll be important when I describe what I saw, but off in between these aspen trees, I see four absolutely pitch black, like the deepest, darkest black, and then somehow they're still darker than that, like no light could find them like cut out from the the darkest night and still darker. It's just really hard to describe, but there's four of these things and they're, they're very clearly humanoid shaped and they are running like paralleling me whilst I am hauling my ass on my four wheeler going very quickly. And they're keeping up with me and I watch them for a good five count, which if you actually count it out is a pretty good clip to see something. The weird thing about them 
And I sometimes forget to mention this. It's an important part. And I, it, it was imparted on me even at that young age. I'm looking at them and I knew instantly, you guys are not from around here. You're really freaking weird. They were moving their arms and legs. Like they were pumping their arms as if they were a human being running. Like you would do. And I instantly am going, why the hell are you doing that? Like, do you really need to be doing that motion? Look at you. Look at you guys. Right? So I watch them for five. I'm All this stuff is registering very quickly. I, I'm still driving on my four-wheeler, so I have to check my path. I look forward, and I look back again, and they are just, they're gone. That's it. That was it. It was five seconds. Um, yes, I have seen a couple of other interesting things, but, like, that's my big thing that I can say, you know, that, that was my inception plus one of just hands down the strangest things that's ever happened to me. And when people, even if they do have a Bigfoot encounter or something, and again, and I've had people go, maybe it was for Bigfoot. And, you know, I know that they're just trying to, to appease me because I, I want to see a Bigfoot so badly, but I can assure you they were not anything having to do with Bigfoot. Um, so, you know, at 12 and, you know, this is like 94. So, you know, there's no, uh, it was for like pagers became cool and, you know, you're a cool kid with your pager and all of this, <laughs> the Motorola is, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, so what I did, I, I, I have it somewhere probably, but I think the closest thing for me back then to what I do now is I had this notebook and I would ask my friends like, Oh, have you seen anything strange? And we'll write it down in my notebook. You know? Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of stories in there, but I guess that was my, my inception into story collecting. And then the podcast side of it came in when I was consuming so many podcasts that that's all I did. Just a listener. And Sasquatch Chronicle, it was called Bigfoot Hotspot Radio uh, at the time, prior to going to SC. And I was extremely active in the Bigfoot Hotspot Radio Facebook page. Uh, and Wes took notice. And and then I, the rest is history as far as that goes. I, I got invited on the show. It was one of the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life because now I'm on the show with Wes, you know, that I love. I love Wes and Will. And... I was on there for about a year and then I started ITF. So I have always and will always say Wes Germer is the reason that I'm even in podcasting. It was not even a, a, a thought in my mind to, to do such a thing. I'll, I'll be honest. Wes is one of the main reasons I started a podcast as well, because I was pretty much down uh. in that same boat as you. You know, you're just kind of consuming content like a like an absolute madman. And um, I kind of figured, you know what? I, I like what he does. I uh, I'm going to go copy paste and put the Australian label on it, and um, I'm not just going to do yowies. I'm going to bring everything else in, and um, yes. I, I think he's he probably sets a template for how to do the type of shows that we do. That I think nearly everyone who does something like us would almost emulate him to an extent. Absolutely, no, you hit it on the head. And the longer I do the interviews, the more I actually just I've relax enough to just shut up a little bit more you know and that does take time to where you don't feel like you're having to uh and and, and 
being better at taking notes and maybe that just that I think the listening aspect of it is such a learned thing. It really, really is, you know, when you're starting out, right? Like, um, and not getting lost in the shuffle of things. And that once the technical stuff is done, then you can kind of relax a little bit more. But being an interviewer is something that, you know, Wes was always so good at that. And he's very compassionate and towards his guests and he he's a good listener and he can he's down to earth is the biggest thing right like who wants to talk to some egomaniac that just you know doesn't really give a shit about you he just wants you on the show because he knows he's going to get downloads and that's not Wes it never it never was him so that's something that I tried to take from my time with Wes for sure and and plug that into ITF. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I I bring on board with um with believe and and I like to think I even take it a little step further where I always try to bring someone on the show and I don't know if this, if this is a philosophy that you have with your show is that it's almost like a sense of therapy for some of the people who have come on your show because I've had listeners up uh, I guess I've had guests come on the show and they've kept a, a story to themselves for, you know, 40 50 years and it's like a a weight is genuinely lifted off their off their shoulders and that was kind of profound for me because it's kind of like wow what you're doing here is actually helping people and once i realized that i started to try to put a lot of variety of the types of encounters i've had on the show because it's not to say that one person's encounter is less important than another it's it's more so to say that someone's encounter can help someone else's so always try to put something new on the show to because that can help just one other person to go, you know what? I'm not crazy. I have seen this. This is a real thing. Yes, that is nail on the head right there, Kate, because, and what you said is so true about when you get somebody on. And even after six years, this still gets me when someone's like, I haven't told anyone or I've just told my wife or it's just, you know, me and my brother who had the experience with them who won't even talk about it, but they're on your show and they're telling you, they chose you. That's the biggest, I'm, I'm still blown away when people say that to me after six years, I'm still going this. Thank you. Thank you. That's incredible. Thank you so much for choosing me to, to try. You're trusting me with your story. Yeah, yeah, it's truly something special, I think, and it's it's a complete injustice to to cut these people's stories off. So that's why I, I like to sit down and just absolutely shut up and let the people tell their stories because I I don't think I'm the star of any show. It's it's always the guests, and I'm just the person there guiding them through their their journey. There, that's right. We're just a facilitator, and that's what I was trying to. I recently finally realized that I'm like I shut up more now as an interviewer and that's a you know that's a good thing i think that's you know people go well you've definitely gotten better and i i take that as a compliment you know some people go what do you mean i was always fantastic no we always (laughs) have room to grow you know and and i know that i i certainly have and you know some people do need help more than others as you know some guests you can just i mean you could just like chill back and like cross your you mute out your mic and you know you listen and they're 30 minutes later, you're still jotting down notes of what you want to swing back to and others need the help. But for the most part, yeah, I'm like, oh, just um, just along for the ride. And the less I know before I go into an interview, the the more I enjoy it. 
so I can be kind of surprised. Because, yeah. it, it, I mean, your show, you're much the same. It, you you talk to personal experiencers that, you know, they're not a podcaster, they're not an author, they're not any of this stuff, but you also talk to those people too. So it's the same for me. And some people, they want to do the dump in the email prior to that's totally fine you know i'll skim it i'll be honest i'm a skimmer (laughs) a chronic skimmer uh but if somebody just goes hey i saw bigfoot when i was 10 and you know i shit myself and it was terrifying and i want to tell you i'm like cool let's schedule and then i want to hear i don't want to hear anything else about it until i hop on with them yeah yeah and it's usually those people who are a little bit more vague about the details have i don't want to say the better story but the 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 story that's really going to blow your mind because I don't I like agree. to compare people's encounters because everyone's encounter is different and it's personal. But some people just don't know how to articulate it properly or or the way that they should do in an email. So when you talk to them, it's just like they just absolutely spill their guts and it is you'll get the most mind blowing experience that you'll ever hear out of that. No, that you know again, spot on. That's what I've found too. The less they'll say in the email, I'm like, it's like the Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts, you know, line. <laughs> like it's, it's probably going to be a good one. And, yeah. and a lot of times it is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, Shannon, I do want to swing back to your Shadow Man encounter because I do actually have some questions about this. Yeah. Because this is the first time I've actually ever heard of more than one Shadow Man being in, a, I wouldn't say a scene because it's not a movie, but, you know, like in a in a moment of time. Yeah, I've that's definitely a strange aspect to it. You'll hear a lot of them standing in the corner of a bedroom, you know, or standing under a whatever. Yeah, but you're right. It is very strange. Um, I get asked a lot, well, what were they? And if I could answer that, I, I mean, I could probably do a lot of things that I want to do. But, you know, um, there's just no experts in this stuff. And for me to even, conje- I can conjecture all day, but... I have no idea what they are, where they came from, where they went. You know, why me? That That's yeah. always a, a good question. Why the hell did I see that? And it definitely affected me. I, I wouldn't say I was... I guess I was scared in a way because I told my brother and my stepbrother. I caught up to them I was, right after that. I'm like, let's go back. I want to go back. And like, what oh, are wow. you <laughs> We just got out of here. Let's go. Let's ride. I mean, we would ride all day, barring the fuel running out. You know, there's lava beds to climb. And something I didn't say is that once my dad got home, pardon, uh, once he got back to the cabin, uh, I told him, told him what I saw. And he's ex-military. So his his response was, well, it was military men doing exercises they do it all the time out here which they probably do but i was very adamant i was like yes but these are not people dad (laughs) these were not people um and to this day he remembers me telling him and he still doesn't believe me wow Uh, he's very yeah he's very proud of me from my show he thinks it's awesome you know he sees the thing on all this stuff on he's this is great he got cool stuff but i still don't believe that those were anything but dudes in some weird outfits doing military training your dad is straight up savage yeah he he's he's a very honest man (laughs) yeah i was trying to impart to him i'm like dad you don't understand like there were trees you know the aspen trees 
they're not massive trees. They're probably diameter, maybe 12, 14 inches around. But, you know, they're running and they're not having to dodge, dodge, duck, dive, you know, like from the movie Dodgeball. They were not having to do any of those dodge, duck, dive. So were they running through all the trees and stuff like that? That's the thing is really hard to explain. It's not that I ever saw one pass through a tree. It's just that they were just running as if they weren't there. Yeah, like there was no... It's so hard to explain. Wow. But, yeah. And, man, I... I, Do I wish I would have just not looked away, even just for a couple more seconds? Like, what else could my brain have picked up? Yeah. You know, and the other thing about the experience is none of them interacted with me. Like, nobody looked over and flipped me off or waved or smiled or... Um, I think that would have changed the experience for me a lot, right? Like, I think that that would have been, now you're going to lose a whole lot of sleep and you may need some therapy, you know, which dad won't pay for because they're just people. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like a sliding doors moment. You're just there at the right timing. You you, you peaked over. Yeah. Have you heard? That's what it seems like. Have you heard of the, um, the, I guess the, what would you call this? I guess the the phenomenon of the mirrored men. And this is something I learned on the mm-hmm. Monsters About Us podcast. It's something I've never yep. heard anywhere else, but this seems to be a huge, massive component of that show where he has people call in and share these encounters with what they call mirrored men. Do you think right. it was something like that? And now a quick word from our sponsor. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah, I, I've I, that's come up before. Um, it could have been, except maybe these guys weren't graduated yet because they weren't moving exactly the same. You know, they were like the sublet of you, the mirrored You men. caught them in training. From Monsters Among Us. Yeah, they're in training. Like, guys, come on. One, two, one, two. Let's go. Um, it, it very well could be. But those accounts, I mean, really, like you said before, the point that you brought up about it not being just a single shadow person in my encounter it's the same for that mirrored man. I mean, that's the only other thing, right. Yeah. That could come up and that jogs a memory about somebody else sharing something even close to mine. I don't know what this, this mirrored man um, phenomenon is, but it's, it's genuinely weird because I've never heard of it really happening anywhere else. And it's like this, this is almost being brought up through that podcast. It's like something has been wished into existence. It's like a tulpa, right? Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Like one guy on my show, he's in a, he's just outside like Phoenix or something. And years ago, he's heading to work and, and he admitted he was on uh, kind of 
you know, little sleep. Uh, he had a young child at the time and he's, he's like, well, I could be kind of sleep deprived, but I mean, I've been sleep deprived and this never happened for two weeks straight on the way, especially I think on the way to work. So it was, it was light out, but it was early in the morning. Get this. He sees basically uh, the first time he saw it was on a roof. It was like eight to 10 feet tall, pitch black. What you would think of as, um, well, like death, you know, like if you if you had a, a cutout of of death, uh, sands the the scythe, the robe and the whole thing, and it, you know the hood pulled up, right? And he saw it on a freaking rooftop, just standing there, and he's like, oh, "It's kind of early for a Halloween decoration, but okay." And he's kind of watching it, and this thing turns its head, and basically he got the sense it was watching him. And that wasn't the only time he saw that thing. And then it was on top of a light pole another time. And it did the same thing. It it followed his car as he was going by, as if it was going, I see you. I see you that you see me. You know, like that's the thing about this phenomenon. It was, it, it was like it didn't move until he noticed it, you know. Oh, and the other thing about the rooftop shadow or whatever the hell that is, uh, death, is... I just say death because he's in the cloak and everything. But uh, it was crouched down. That was a big thing. I See, I screwed up that awesome story. It was crouched down. And then he noticed it and it stands up. And he's still like, well, that's an autumn. That's a cool, like, autom- automated, like, decoration. But then he noticed, like, its head moved towards him. Like, what the hell? You know what? It, it's so weird you, you recount that encounter there, Shannon. Because I kid you not, the episode that I just dropped... Yesterday, at this time of recording, it was season 10, episode 5. It was a truck driver, and he was pulling into uh, a depot to unload his delivery. Saw exactly the same creature here in Australia. Get or, out. Or entity. Something that sounded exactly the same as that. Where was it? Uh, it was It was down in uh, in New South Wales, I believe, and which is, which is like a, a state here in Australia. And the really weird thing is he was able to get a, some headlights onto this thing and it wasn't casting a shadow. No. And it's just like that is that's level level eleven creepiness. Something that doesn't cast a shadow when you've got a light on it. Oh my gosh. That poor guy, right? Uh, so but it had the like the hood, like exactly yeah. how I described it. But like he couldn't make out a face, right? He couldn't like see anything. Kind of, yeah, right. he just saw like Yeah, the same hood. thing. Oh yep. my gosh. That's weird because I haven't even told that story in quite a while. It's it's in um, it's in my book Para Amalgamation, but I, I don't really bring that one up. But um, but you know what the trucker saw and what Jeremy saw from the freeway is that the same thing as what I saw? You know, yeah, they looked different. They 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 weren't hooded. It just looked like weird little. Well, I say little, but they were like six or seven feet tall, but weird cardboard, weird cutouts of something, you know, just placed there like a, like a freaky gingerbread man from hell, you know, just there running through the woods. And, um, I don't know what the hell those things are though. There's only been one person I've spoken to on the show who seemed to have something similar happen to them. And they, they were having a lot of Yowie activity on this property they lived Mm. at. And one of these types of creatures was hanging out with the Yowies. What? Yeah. So what it was, it was kind of like this this black 
mass that was obviously like a bipedal type of creature. Had arms, had all of that. And it was just black. And from a distance, it looked solid black. But this this lady got so close to it, I would say within three foot of it. And she says when she was up close, it's like the edges were fuzzy. Like it was, mm. like it wasn't in focus was what she said. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, what do you make of that? You know, um, the whole, well, in the United States, you probably heard the term woo. People mm. like to call it the woo, right? You took Bigfoot or Yowie or Yeti and then you, you, there's lights and there's UFOs and there's all this stuff around that situation, which I've actually had <laughs> the lights while I'm out Bigfoot, a light while I'm out Bigfooting, uh, which actually is really annoying to me. Um, but, but what, what is your take on that whole thing? Right? Like, does that explain very easily then why we cannot find one of these things and finally prove them? I, I don't know because anytime I, I get an idea of what I think maybe the Yowie is, it, it changes the next time I talk to someone because it, there's no rules with this creature. That I that I found like you you might find there's a a connecting element between a lot of I guess encounters with people, but you'll hear people who and I have no doubt that you you this will be like second nature to you as soon as I say it. You'll hear people say that it turned into like the predator and it disappeared. I can hear it walking around. I couldn't see it. Um, and then you see have people who go, I see it jumped across a walkway and it was gone. Like I looked into the bushes and I couldn't find it. It's it's something that is so puzzling that I I actually had to get uh, sorry Ron Moorhead on the show and um he he has a very interesting theory that you know they're uh, almost like a realm hopping type of creature that mm-hmm. they kind of go I think he said into the fifth dimension or it was like a like a quantum jump that they do or something like that so he thinks that that explains the the weird energy that is around when when you see a sasquatch when you see a yowie because you know it's not uncommon to see the lights there's it's not uncommon for batteries to to drain all these all these weird little things that happen unexplained phenomena when you see a a creature like this it's i don't know what to really think of it at the end of the day because i haven't experienced one myself quite like that and i think until until you do uh, it's it's just one of those unknowns, I think. What do you mean, quite like that? You've you've had a yaoi experience, then? I've had. I think I've seen a yaoi, and it and it's kind of. Mm. It, I would say it's very much along the lines of what your a, a shadow person encounter would be like. This was something I saw very much in the corner of my eye. Uh, it looked about eight foot tall. It was gigantic, and by the time I looked back, it was gone. And it's kind of like, did did I see that or? Was that just right. something in the in the corner of my eye? Um, but I kind of had the the perfect scenario to to see one because where I used to live, I used to live above a rainforest. I, I built a house that had these thirteen meter um, off of you that might be thirty three feet tall poles. Thank that you it, for doing the conversion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna act like I know how tall that is. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like a house that lived above the rainforest. It was, it was wow. beautiful, and. Um, but I used to hear a lot of bipedal walking, wood knocks, stuff like that down there. And it's it's hard for me to fully lean in on it because the Australian bush is so 
full of activity already because, uh, you know, we have a lot of creepy crawlies and creatures that just run around the bush like crazy. Um, for me to fully lean in and say, yeah, that was definitely a yaoi, hard to, hard to lock it down. But there was enough there that made me go, oh, that could have been one. But see, that's interesting for your mind, though, to put an artifact that's eight feet tall and massive just randomly, you know, um, it, it, but to you, you're going, there was something there. There, there was something there, right? Or whatever it was. I mean, who knows? Yeah, 100% something was there. But what it was, it's mm. hard for me to hard for me to commit to saying 100% a yaoi. But there's just all this other activity that goes along with yaoi's and, and Bigfoot encounters that kind of pushes it more towards it potentially being that. Something that I brought up yesterday in my recording with these two law enforcement guys about the, all the Bigfoot stuff was um, I said, you know, because Pat is is in the camp that they are paranormal because of the fact that he he casted one of the best track casts I've ever seen. It's called the Elkins Creek cast. And the definition on this thing is really amazing. And he actually had it sent out. This is obviously quite a long time ago. He had it sent out. To Grover Krantz, which for Bigfoot folks, you know, he's like one of the four horsemen. Like, he is a badass, right? Um, and uh, he did, I guess he didn't say much about it kind of thing. But then it got sent to Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who was like, yeah, this is this is legit, you know. Um, he was in the flesh and blood camp for years. He went out, started his own research group. They were kind of, quote unquote, hunting it. You know, uh, loose term. Even nowadays, it's a it's a loose term. Just means you're searching for it. They had a couple of kind of, sort of, maybe experiences. Nothing remarkable. And then he goes out by himself, which he's laughing now because he goes, "What a dummy! I don't do that anymore." <laughs> but um, he, he had gone out at some point by himself, and he sees. A trackway, right? Just footprints and leading out. And he follows them for like 300 yards. What's the conversion of that for you? For you guys over there? That, that'll be about 270 meters. <laughs> All right. Okay. We got this. Uh, so he's following this and it gets to a stand of trees, like a circle. And he says, it's not like it's a circle circle. It's just a stand of trees by itself, right? Like, so like nothing else kind of around it. La, la. And he goes into the stand of trees and then the footprints just end. And he said that he, you know, he's very analytical. Obviously he's a law enforcement officer and now he's in a Bigfoot and like, that's his thing. And that was his oh shit moment to go. Oh, well, Maybe we're dealing with something else here, you know, because he he goes, I I look at every permutation possible that, you know, this Bigfoot or whatever could have jumped or, you know, he goes, barring a freaking helicopter <laughs> coming down and, you know, straight up like Mission Impossible grabbing onto that thing. How in the shiza do these footprints just end? Right. So. um, And. You know, that's another plug for a really good book. I don't know if you've talked to uh, Timothy Renner and Joshua Kitchen. They did the Where the Footprints In. And that's their whole thing, right? I mean, and that's the title of the book. Um, 
I think Which they've I just come out with the second version of the book. Perfectly. Yeah, volume two's out. Uh, hell, I still need to get them on. But um, it's it's such a it's a sticky thing because you know you kind of go, well, yeah, it's cool, and you know the footprints ending or uh, lights while you're out for big footing, which like I said, I have seen that. Does it mean it's tied in? I couldn't tell you, but it happened. And, but how the hell are we going to find out what these things are? We never will. We'll never figure it out. We're never going to have this proof, you know, this scientific proof, the DNA, even though we have had things tested and it comes back, you know, unknown primate or something weird or you know mitochondrial dna of the all this stuff's going on still not enough so um you know i don't want them to be paranormal but it doesn't really matter what i want (laughs) well what do you think the the bigfoot is well and it's a totally loaded question it is it's so loaded uh but uh, you know obviously we, we get this a lot as as researchers and people that collect stories, but I see I'm in I'm totally in your boat. What you said, I hate to say that it's a it's kind of a cop out, but I'll talk to somebody who is like, you know, like, like King Gerhard, right? Like he even like that's his job. Like he's he works at a zoo. Like he's a he's in a biology and in the flesh and blood camp, and that's where I want to camp. That's where I want to be. Um. But then I get somebody on who's damn near crying and you can hear how difficult it is for them to tell their story. They're not here promoting a book, right? They get nothing out of it. Yeah. Sometimes they're even anonymous on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, really, they're they're choked up. They're having a hard time. They're, they're taking deep breaths. They're swallowing real hard. They're like, okay, give me a second. And they're telling you this story about some goddamn thing like predator right goes into predator mode or they feel like they're being stalked by something that's not flesh and blood at all um even so i keep bringing this i don't mean to keep like bringing up this same episode but there's two law enforcement officers the other one chuck his side of it, the, the reason it's called the cryptids of Flint River is because his side of it was more uh, dog man, which I hate that stupid term. I hate that name. But <laughs> what the hell else are we going to call it? Right. It's not a werewolf because it's not a person that turns into you know, a wolf. Um, so a dog man. And he and his uh, uh, partner at the time, uh, a fellow law enforcement guy. And these are they're actually like marksmen. Like they they go and it for tournaments they shoot shit <laughs> and they're really good at it and and amen right um they're having this he's having this horrible encounter and he's like actually backing up it's dark they're they're out hunting that was why they were out there and he's backing up and he's shooting at this horrific thing that's in the woods and all he knows is that it's high off the ground and it's like doing this peak thing but then you know he can see it like going tree to tree it's massive um he in the first flash, he saw like, you know, hair and um, something real screwed up. And he shot it. He unloaded a full magazine into it, uh, 10 rounds. Oh, wow. He doesn't know how he knows. He knows that at least one hit it. By the time he gets to his friend, now he's a law enforcement officer. So he's he's trained to 
you don't it's not shoot first ask questions later like they don't unload their weapons unless it you know it's a that's a big deal to them they don't screw around they're not just out there spraying you know whatever oh raccoon we could be anything just you know unload everything so he's doing that by the time he gets to the truck his his friend fellow law enforcement he's got a, like a what did he say 300 win like rifle like a big big rifle again they're out hunting so of course they're armed and he takes a shot at it. he got i guess an even better look at this thing he definitely hit it but he i, I guess it did scream he said it may and he still says he has nightmares about that scream that it made but he says it wasn't a bigfoot he didn't feel it was a bigfoot so he feels it was more along the lines of a dog man his friend said that the hair was three to four inches long over the entire body. But it's kind of like, um, hard, hard to, what's a good example? Like, you know, when, so it's got long hair. So you would think you wouldn't be able to see the skin, but he could see the skin underneath, if that makes sense, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, Dogman, um, that was the experience there. But, sorry, the point of that was, James Pat is in the paranormal camp, but Chuck wasn't. However, you know, even Chuck was like, well, we hit it twice. It didn't go down. And these were big rounds. Um, and then the, they left. But then the next day, they're like, well, we got to go back. We got to look for the body or at least some some kind of evidence yeah, of to get back. And the owner of the land goes, get your shit and get out of here now. You wow. Because they had set up, you know, game cams and all this yeah. stuff. Like, they were allowed to hunt there. Get your shit and get out of here now. So wow. weird. So what, you know, what is it? Did they find the thing or who knows? So there's just more, que- as you know, there's just more questions. Absolutely. We, because we this stuff. when you hear stories like that, you know, it, it makes you think for me, the first thing that came to mind was, is that a potential skinwalker? Because the, the, the famous story of the skinwalker ranch and the, one of the most famous, I guess, um, interactions with a skinwalker was this thing appeared as a wolf and the, the landowners um, essentially unloaded rounds into this creature and it just walked it off like it was nothing. It makes me wonder if, you know, something like that exists elsewhere as well. It's got to, right? I mean, to. if that was a thing and it's that powerful or magical or whatever you want to label it, it's got to be out there somewhere else. Um, you know, but what's the difference between that and somebody seeing like a Wendigo type thing? You know, had a lady on the show. She she saw something twice within half a mile uh, on the way to work one one morning, still dark. And it looks like this emaciated, damn near just skeleton looking thing covered with white. I mean, like white, white skin. Um that it's she cried when she got to work i mean she saw it twice she said it was the same thing the second time it was sitting in the middle of the road crouched down oh, i mean wow. no clothes it these are the those are the kind of stories that i'm like those are my favorites not because she was horrified and terrified and she couldn't sleep for years probably but those one-offs and really really weird things that can't just be neatly put into bigfoot or ghosts that's the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that 100% because it's those encounters that 
don't seem to make sense. Like, no one would, in my opinion, like, no one would come on the show and lie about that, make it up, and be anonymous. Like, it's a it's a situation of, oh, yeah, look at this. I, I got onto Into the Fray. I got on to Believe, and let's have a laugh because I told this bullshit story. I don't think that's, that's the case. I think these these really obscure, weird incidents are genuinely happening. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And see, I'm somebody once said something like, well, yeah, they just, yeah, they make them up so they can, like you said, like share them with their friends or something. I'm like, no, no. Like if you could, if you could sit on there with them prior to the recording and then ask, sometimes there's other things that, we, you know, we don't air and them having such a hard time getting through that story. You're telling me that many good actors come on our show. You know what I mean? Like, why aren't they in Hollywood then? Because yeah. I have had my mind changed. Not fully, but I have had my mind changed about Bigfoot, depending on who I'm talking to. At that time, I'm like, holy shit. Okay, well, maybe they do. Maybe they are here mining gold for the aliens. Not really. <laughs> but have you heard that theory yet? Yeah, it's my favorite. Uh, oh, I love it so much. Uh, but uh, it's not gold. It's like, what the hell was it? They're mining... Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, they're mining some damn thing for the aliens. And, you know, no, I don't like that too much. But um, who am I to, to judge? You know, who the hell am I? I don't I just I'm just a big nerd that likes to talk to other people that like to talk about this stuff. And that, yeah, they needed their brown pants one night and now they want to tell me about it. And that's awesome. Yeah. And what I really love about the whole Bigfoot phenomenon is that there's so many different theories out there. There's so many different um, experiences that are different from each other, have a have a connecting tissue. And I don't think, personally, I don't ever want us to know what the Bigfoot is because it kind of loses the romance about what this, this creature, this cryptid is. I just want it to be this fantastic piece of unknown that is forever just going to be out there um, terrorizing people for, for the sake that I get to talk to them, which sounds terrible. But right. Um, I just love the fact that everyone can have a theory about what this creature may be. And they very well may be right. Because I think there's there's nothing worse uh, or more naive than, um, I'm putting this in, in bunny ears, uh, researchers who say, this is definitely what the, the big, mm. this is what the Yowie is. Such a pet peeve of mine. That word expert. I'm like, mm, stop it. Stop. How? How? How could you be? How? Guess what? You can't. Yeah. Uh, you don't have a Bigfoot on a slab <laughs> in your garage, homie. Stop. Um, but they do have plenty of red circle pictures and, and arrows yeah. pointing the thing. So that makes them the expert, Shannon. And you're wrong yeah, I, for I, disagreeing yeah, that, with that is, that is very true. <laughs> no, in fact, Bigfooters are just funny bunches, man. Because there was a horrible video that came out. It wasn't too long ago. And... It was actually just on my phone. I'm watching it and I, I'm scrubbing and I go to the point where the subject, the Bigfoot, is closest to, you know, the the camera. And I zoom in and I'm like, oh, okay, straight line. It was the bottom of the guy's jacket. You know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, I posted that in my Into the Fray group. And I said, look, this is like going viral right now, but here's what I just found in like five minutes, you know, and I lightened up the picture it's a it's a bottom of a homie's jacket, like camo jacket. And someone had taken like shared it from ITF to another group. And 
this guy loses his shit. And he goes, I, I can't believe that you copied me. I I posted that. I found that screenshot and I posted it like, you know, an hour ago or whatever the hell it was. I'm like, dude, I have better things to do than to. I don't <laughs> even know you. Like, it took me. He's so precious. So he's like, I put that in my, my software and I ran it for you know, he was working on that thing for I don't know how long. Some computer program. I'm like, homie, I just found that in five minutes on my phone. I wasn't trying to brag. I was just, I didn't appreciate the fact that he thought I had copied him. You know, and I'm like, oh, you Bigfooters are a funny bunch. They I are. Swear. They, they really are. Okay. I um, I actually do a, a live show every month on um, the Believe Facebook page where I have people call in. But in the, in the interim when people aren't calling in, I actually do live evidence reviews. So... I um I have listeners of the show. They supply pictures, their own evidence, or even evidence they found online, and um I run it through through Photoshop. Put all the filters that I that I can on there to kind of you know find the find the real nuggets of truth and kind of put the bullshit away. Yeah, and um it's it's my favorite thing to do because you can you can find some real gems out there, but it's when you find the real turds is the the ones that I yeah. like the most. Oh yeah, it's it's extremely entertaining. That's what I'll say. And you know, places like Facebook or you, you know, even the comments on YouTube, it can be such a cesspool that you know, if you're not good at just kind of blocking it out or just you just ignore it or wh- whatever you need to do, but I don't even really um participate in the the Bigfoot com- community. We all <laughs> use that as a very light term, especially nowadays, but um it needs a new name, but yeah, Warfield. I'm not a. Big I think Warfield's Bigfoot. the right term for for Bigfooters. Oh yes, yes. I need to start using that word, by the way, because no one over here will know what I'm calling them. I <laughs> love it. Yes, high five on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, Shannon, it's been so fantastic having you on the show. I need to get you on again because I need to talk to you about every second you spent um, filming narrating being part of the on the trails of ufos by small town monsters it's uh one of my most favorite things to to watch and it absolutely blew my mind it was my first um introduction to the small town monsters uh productions and uh i was lucky enough that you were on there and it was like a oh i listened to a podcast this is amazing (laughs) so thanks kate yeah absolutely i would love to come back awesome awesome well let's tee that up because i uh I have so many questions relating to that, and I'm going to steal all the time of your night. And yeah, we could we could easily do a whole show on that because, um, you know, just between the shenanigans and just UFOs in general, obviously, um, I would love to do that. Yeah, a, a second round is definitely in order. I'd say absolutely. Let's do something up there. But uh, in the meantime, Shannon, where can people find you? Where's the best place people can find uh, your podcast, your website, things like that? Uh, Into the com is the website, and then of course any of the the usual. Uh, suspects for podcatchers and i also publish on youtube uh and um yeah that's that's about it um i've got a couple books out that are pulled from my show experiences plus ones that weren't actually heard on the show and that is uh, beyond the fray bigfoot and beyond the fray paramalgamation and you've got a huge sleuth of authors that are under your uh, your your book label now, which is really, really fantastic. So be sure to go over there. Check out everyone else that Shannon's got on board there as well because their books are amazing. I was uh, I was lucky yeah. enough to get a couple of screeners off you the other day and I'm like starting to sink my teeth into them now. 
Yeah, I got more to send you too. Yeah, uh, Beyond the Fray Publishing is where everybody can can check out our authors. More more to come too. I there's going to be a, another book coming out shortly that you're going to be excited about. So. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe. And you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 